0: Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb, and I serve as the minister for the Morris Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And as always, we are happy that you have joined our program for today. Today's lesson continues, uh, a lesson we've begun in weeks past, on the scriptural organization of the church. One of the reasons that I am a member of of the Church of Christ, is that it is scriptural and organization. We have discussed that the church is not, it is not set up, it is not structured the way that many other churches are, uh, other denominations and things of that nature, uh, but it has a particular structure, a structure that is based on the scriptures that is based on what we find in the Bible. And so we're going to continue that study today. We understand that the church is not a monarchy, and we, we looked at that last week, um, and the reasons that it's not set up as a monarchy. It doesn't have uh, a particular president or a particular leader that, that we all look to other than Christ. Christ is the head of his church and so we see that we have men that serve under that authority that make sure that we're doing things by the authority of Christ and that's the way it should be. Uh, and, and we're going to uh, look at that a little bit more today. Uh, we, we've talked about the autonomy of the church. We've talked about how Each congregation is not led by uh, a certain leader in a certain region, but each congregation is autonomous. We may work together, but we do so under um, maybe the the oversight of, of one particular eldership. But each congregation has its own leaders. Each congregation makes decisions based on what that congregation needs. We don't have leaders outside of that congregation. They must be within the congregation so basically that they know what's going on and what decisions to make accordingly. And so we are under the oversight of that eldership. Today's lesson is going to be more about elders and what we read about elders and how they are to serve, the qualifications that are given them in Scripture. All of those things are important. And so that will be our study for this morning. Before we get into our lesson, however, let's begin with a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for the ability that we have to study from your word. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to come to a good understanding of what you have said not what we want but what you have said and let us obey the things that you have told us accordingly we pray especially as we look at this lesson on the structure of the church that we would understand the structure that you have set forth for us to follow and we pray father that you would uh, help us to to be the church that you have established to be the church that we read about in the Bible and only the church that we read about in the Bible. Let us not base our decisions upon those around us, those in the world, but help us to to base our decisions solely on your word. We are thankful for your Son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that he means to us, and it is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. As we look at elders, we understand that the scriptures have set forth that there be elders in every church. Now, there are occasions where that is is not the case. Um, And I wouldn't necessarily say a congregation is is completely in the wrong if they do not have elders. I've been a part of congregations in the past that did not have elders, not because they didn't want them. Not because they didn't see the importance of of having such leaders from a scriptural standpoint, but because they didn't have men that were qualified. It's important that if we do have elders in a church, that they be qualified for the work according to the scriptures. It's important that elders be established. And if they aren't able to be established at the present time, that it is something that we're looking forward to in the near future. Um, that we do uh, have that thought in mind and and have that mindset of of training those who may be able to serve in the future and readying them for the work. But but we need to have that that insight. We need to have that view that 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 is something that is possible. But as we look at the importance of elders and. And I, I will say that, that we are blessed at marseille that, that we do have two good men that serve as elders, and we're thankful for them. And, and it's important. Like I said, I've been a part of congregations that did not have elders, and I've been a part of congregations that do. And there are many more difficulties that are faced by a congregation that does not have that that organization in place that that is not able to maybe but there's a, a big difference in um, the leadership and the the just the ability that that congregation has that there, there are are things that are faced in men's meetings that that may not be faced in elders meetings uh, there there are men that make decisions when elders are not in place that that really under other circumstances uh, wouldn't wouldn't really be qualified to make those decisions each congregation does the best upon what they have available but these elders need to be in mind the leadership structure of the bible needs to always be in mind and those congregations that do have elders they need to make sure that they have elders that are serving in the right way according To the scriptures. It is important that elders be established. In every church. As we look at at scripture. As we look at what those in scripture were taught. They were taught to establish elders. In every church. In every city. As it says in Titus one five, For this reason I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking. Now there is a, uh, from what I understand of the, the context of this, there were congregations where these men went to establish elders that that they didn't have that proper order in place. And so that was one of the things that Titus was commissioned to do, was to go about and set in order those things which were lacking. And it goes on to say in Titus 1.5, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. In Acts 20 and verse 28, these are referred to as bishops. Uh, The American Standard Version has them worded as bishops, or also overseers as the King James and the New King James used, um, these are the same men. These are the same leaders. It's just a different description of each one. Elders implies that they be older men, and, and that is certainly true, uh, that they be bishops or overseers, that they oversee the flock. In Ephesians 4.11, they are referred to as pastors. We have a misconception today whenever we think of pastors, uh, many today think of their preachers and they call them pastors. And um, that's not something that we do in the churches of Christ because whenever we see the word pastors, it's never used as one, for instance, but it is used like it is in Ephesians 4.11 as pastors, multiple men. That are referred to as pastors. And when we understand the eldership, we understand that these are the same men. They are elders, they are bishops or overseers, and they are also referred to as pastors, as they shepherd over the flock. And so when we look at pastors, it's not the preacher. I'm the preacher for the Mars Hill congregation. But I am not the pastor. And I've had people that they have referred to me in that way. And and I will correct them. Um, But I am not a, a pastor. And I don't mean to be. I don't serve over the congregation in that way. We have men that are set up to do that. And they are elders. Scripture always refers to multiple men leading the church. Now commonly as we look at. At denominations, we see that that many of those denominations are set up with one person over a certain group and maybe this group over another certain group or maybe over a congregation. But there's usually someone that heads all of this up and they look to him for that guidance. We don't have that earthly leadership structure the way that, that denominations do. The only head is Christ. He's given us his authority by giving us his word. We have the ability to go to his word, to learn from it, to understand from it, and to make decisions based on what his word has said. And so he continues to serve as the head of his church. So under Christ, we have these elders that are set up in Each congregation and their decisions are based upon the authority of the scriptures should always be and should only be that way. There are always multiple men in each congregation. And so whenever you go to a congregation, if they have elders, they have at least two, maybe more, uh, that will serve in that capacity, but not just one. And if it comes down to that, it doesn't refer to the preacher as the head of that congregation. He doesn't serve as the elder or anything like that. But that's why we have men's meetings. is So that we make sure that that the leadership is not based upon one man. That's not the way that scriptures ever put it in any case. And so we make sure that, that that is not the case. Uh, there are many problems that can happen if something were to happen to that one man that he gets in trouble or something of that nature. It affects the whole congregation. Whereas if you have multiple men that 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 lead that make decisions, then uh, that that is the the best way. That's the way that that God wants it to be. Elders, preferably, but if not able to have elders, then then men's meetings. Uh, I do believe, would be appropriate in in light of that. But as we look at elders, the responsibilities of elders are listed in Scripture, and we have several different verses that we can look at to understand the responsibilities of elders. When elders are not in place, these responsibilities are often lacking in, in being taken care of. And so that's that's one of the reasons that that elders are in place. They first of all have the responsibility of taking heed, taking heed. Acts 20 and verse 28. Acts 20 and verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. They are to take heed, first of all, to themselves. Elders need to look at themselves first, make sure that they are faithful, make sure that they are doing what God wants them to do. And they also have a responsibility to each other. Elders are to look out for one another, and making sure that that if someone has something that that they're going through in their life uh, that that may be affecting their leadership, or or, or maybe not, um, but if they do have something that that's going on that that can be taken care of, elders are to take heed of themselves as well and to all the flock so they are to take heed to themselves as individuals other elders and then also to all the flock among which the holy spirit has made you overseers we don't just ordain them or appoint them to be elders but if they are truly qualified and and if they meet the the qualifications of the scriptures this is something that the Holy Spirit has set in place. He has made them overseers. God is involved in ordaining these men to serve in their capacity. They have the responsibility also, again, of, of shepherding the church of God, shepherding the flock. Elders have a responsibility of helping the weak. Acts 20 and verse 35, Acts 20, and verse 35, I have shown you in every way, by laboring like this, that you must support the weak, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. They uh, have the responsibility of helping and supporting the weak among them, uh, among their congregation, those that are around them. If they see someone who is weak, they are involved in encouraging those individuals. They are involved in, in, in helping them to remain faithful. Oftentimes, we see that that when that responsibility is neglected by the elders, that that members will stray away, they will go back into the world. And sometimes that's unavoidable. Sometimes that cannot be helped. But often it's a result of elders who are not taking their responsibilities seriously, unfortunately. And they allow these members to stray away. And we all as Christians have a responsibility to fellow members to to try to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to keep that from happening. And if someone has straight away, then we are involved in bringing them back. But the elders, even more so, have that responsibility. And it is something that they should take very seriously. But helping the weak, um, for whatever reason, they may be weakened, Uh, they make sure that they, they... Take care of that that they give when needed, um, and that that idea is expressed in, in the latter portion of this verse. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So whatever that need that weakness is, elders are involved in supporting and helping in that need. They are also responsible for exhorting and convicting. Exhorting and convicting. Titus chapter 1 and verse 9. Titus 1 verse 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. When we look at exhorting and convicting, uh exhorting has the idea of, of encouraging and, and building up, edifying, that kind of thing. Um, and, and as we, we look at the congregation, they need to be exhorted. They need to be encouraged. They need to be taught the scriptures. They need to be taught the truth. And, and there are those that may be among us that, that do not believe or teach the truth. And we have to be aware of that, and especially elders. Those that would contradict the truth, they need to be able to exhort them and convict them, um, making sure that they understand what the truth is, and making sure that they don't lead others away from the truth. Uh, but this is very important as well. This idea of exhorting, admonishing, encouraging is also expressed in First Timothy or First Thessalonians. Chapter 5 and verse 14. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. Elders need to be involved in warning the congregation warning those who are not practicing and those who are not teaching the truth. Those who have become unruly, they are to warn and they're also to comfort. Uphold the weak, build them up, strengthen them, be patient with all. Patience is a very important aspect of of an elder. Um, I I have seen those that have been appointed elders that were not very patient, but that's an important qualification. They need to be uh, able to to be patient with those who are struggling, with those who um, uh, may be doing anything that that would be of harm to the congregation or to the eldership. They need to to be very patient, um, very patient individuals. We see that more in the qualifications, uh, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. They are to be examples to the flock. 1 Peter 5, verses 2 and 3. 1 Peter 5, verses 2 and 3. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Elders do not go about uh, lording it over the, the rest of the congregation that they are elders. They don't go about uh, trying to, to make people understand and, and making sure they get the respect that they feel they deserve. That's not how they lead, they do not lead by compulsion. But the congregation should be willing to serve under them. And they don't do it for dishonest gain. Some will serve as elders for uh, the way it looks in the world, to their business, or or maybe for, for other reasons. But they don't do it for dishonest gain. They are to be examples to the flock. And that is their main responsibility. They are to shepherd the flock of God, which is among them. And that's another good uh, indicator that these elders are not uh, leaders in different places or in different states even uh, that make decisions for the congregation. But elders serve the congregation, which is among them. They are appointed for that congregation and they lead that congregation only. Their responsibilities involve visiting the sick. That's also an important aspect. It's not just the preachers. As a matter of fact, from a scriptural standpoint, whenever we look at this responsibility of visiting the sick, it was not preachers that were encouraged to do so, but the elders. Now, does that mean that I, as a preacher, am exempt from visiting the sick? It certainly does not. But how much more would it mean to you, if not just your preacher, Visited you in your time of need. How about the elders? Are the elders visiting? Are they doing what they need to be doing? As far as this responsibility is concerned. James 5 verses 14 and 15. James 5 verses 14 and 15. Excuse me. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church. Another problem that we see, uh, we'll stop here for a moment, um, but another problem that we see is sometimes members that are in need fail to let the congregation know that they are in need. And then they get mad sometimes when they're not visited, when they've been in the hospital, but nobody knew about it. When someone is in need, they have a responsibility too. Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Visiting the sick is a responsibility of elders. And I would dare say that all elders need to be involved in visiting the sick. We need to make sure that that these responsibilities are, are, are not missed. We have but one more responsibility, very quickly. Watching for the souls of the members. Hebrews 13 and verse 17, Obey those who rule over you, and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls, as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy, and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Not only are they to watch out for the souls of the members, but we are to be obedient and submissive to the authority that is given them. Brother Brown, though, states that that these duties have been imposed upon them by the Lord. When this work is not performed, the congregation suffers. We have more. Uh, we'll get into the qualifications of elders, Lord willing, next week. But I thank you for being with us today. And I hope to be back with you again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. for another portion of According to the Scriptures. Uh, but do I do thank you for being with us today. I'd invite you to contact us if you you have the the need or the desire. You can go to our website, org. But until we meet again, may God bless you.